0: Welcome to the River Fellowship Podcast. At River Fellowship, we desire to experience God, exalt Christ, embrace community, and engage the world. This week, Lead Pastor Darrell Anderson teaches from 1 Chronicles 4, 9 through 10, the prayer of Jabez. Tucked away among lists of lineage in 1 Chronicles is a remarkable prayer regarding increase, influence, and impact for God's people and God's glory. If you'd like to learn more about River Fellowship in Amarillo, Texas, go to rfamarillo.org. Last week, we ended our series from James chapter one with an encouragement to daily do three things, to do patience, do prayer, and do praise. And the exhortation was, let's see what God does. Well, I want to carry this theme over uh, this morning a little bit as we continue to look at the new year. I want to continue to focus on how we can enter in this new year on a real positive note because I'm excited about this year. I'm excited about what God's going to do in each of you through all of us, uh, even us corporately as River Fellowship, as uh, I think God wants to do some great things in and through us and for us. So I want to continue to look into this new year. This morning, we're going to be in First Chronicles. Now, 1 Chronicles um, has several lists in it. It's actually a book that that chronicles and records Jewish history and lineage. So especially in the first part of 1 Chronicles, you see a lot of lists, a list of the kings of David, I mean, the uh, the kings of Israel, uh, a list of uh, the sons of David, list of all the descendants of the sons of Jacob, which become the 12 tribes of Israel, but tucked away in all those lists, is this incredible prayer. And I want us to look at this prayer, especially in the context as we enter into a new year and maybe incorporating this prayer for us as individuals and as a church. The prayer is found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, and it's really the prayer of Jabez. Now, the prayer of Jabez was the title of a book that Bruce Wilkinson wrote Uh, It was released in the year 2000. It sold nine million copies in two years. It's a very popular book. I never read the book. I have no idea what the book says. I have no idea the perspective of the author in that book. I do know that some praised the book and said it was really responsible for changing their life and their perspective on a lot of things. I also know that there was a lot of criticism of that book, saying that it kind of came from a... Uh, a materialistic, prosperity gospel kind of perspective. Uh, I don't know any of that because I didn't read the book. I'm only mentioning the book because I don't want you to think about the book. (laughs) If you read the book or if you're familiar with the book or you saw reviews of the book or you have the context of this prayer based on that book, I want you to throw that out. I don't want you to think about the book because I'm not preaching that book. I'm preaching this book. So I want, you to, I want all of us to, to, to look at this prayer as cold turkey as we can and for face value as much as we can this morning with no preconceived ideas. So with that in mind, let's look at the prayer. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me. And enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. We actually know very little about Jabez. Really, all we know is what we read in these two verses. Now, in chapter 2, verse 55, there is a town called Jabez. So it's very likely, very feasible, that this town, Jabez, was named after this man, Jabez. So he's probably the leading official of this town. He probably founded the town of Jabez. We don't really know his lineage. It's not real clear in Chronicles, but uh, there are some uh, Jewish writers that affirm that Jabez was, was an eminent doctor in the law, in the Jewish law. So very likely he could have been a scribe. He would have been a well-known scribe. He would have been a kind of scribe that the other scribes would have come to for for insight. So he could have been a disciple of scribes, if you will. That's all speculation. We know three things. One thing we know about him is that his mother named him Jabez because he was born in pain. The word Jabez means to grieve. It sounds like the Hebrew word for pain. So it could be that this is a reference to the fact that Jabez's mother experienced pain in childbirth. I doubt that's really it because every mother experiences pain in childbirth. It could be that maybe she had a particular difficult and problematic pregnancy and delivery that, that created some issues and some extra stress and pain. It could be that painful circumstances and situations surrounded her life while she was giving birth to Jabez. We see that in Uh, in Genesis in several places. In Genesis chapter four, we see that Eve names her third son Seth, which means granted. And in verse 25, it says, God granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. So we know Seth was born in this context of a lot of pain going on in her life. In Genesis 29, Jacob has two wives, Rachel and Leah. We won't talk about the morality or the wisdom in having multiple wives. But, he loved Rachel and didn't really love Leah. So as Leah felt unloved, she has a son named Reuben, which means he has seen my misery. And it says in verse 32, it's because the Lord has seen my misery, surely my, lo- my husband will love me now. So we see another birth in this context of, of a lot of pain. So maybe that's Jabez's situation. There's just a lot of pain going on in that family dynamic. It could be that Jabez experienced pain as a result of the delivery. If it's a difficult physical delivery, maybe he's got some physical uh, ramifications long-term because of this delivery. Or if it's maybe because he's born into a very difficult situation, he's now having to live in in the midst of, of a painful situation. We don't know, but we know he was born in pain. Second thing we know about him is that he was an honorable man. Even more so than his brothers, which means his brethren, the whole clan. Honorable means to be heavy or to be weighty. It would be like us saying, Man, he carries a lot of weight. His word carries a lot of lot of weight. So he was a person of renown. He was a person that was of honor, was honored. He was probably wealthy. But the third thing we know about him is that he prays this incredible prayer. Last week, when we finished that series, we 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 said we should pray big, bold prayers like Elijah. Well, here we see Jabez praying a very big, bold prayer as well. Some people say that this is a very selfish prayer, that he's praying very selfishly about himself. Now, you can take this prayer out of context and you can make it a very selfish prayer, but this is not selfish prayer. We know that because verse 10 says that God granted the request. God answered the prayer, and God would not have answered it if it was a selfish prayer. James 4.3 says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. So we know since God answered the prayer, this is not a selfish prayer. When Jabez prays this prayer, he is praying it from a pure heart, from a pure motive so that God would be glorified and the kingdom would be advanced. That's his heart when he prays his prayer. So with that in mind, I want us to look at the prayer. There's four parts to this prayer, four requests to the prayer. I want us to break it down and make application really with the perspective of what a great prayer this would be for us to pray this year as we enter into this new year. So I want you to make application for us corporately as River Fellowship, I also want you to make application just you individually. Uh, There's there's a lot of stuff packed in this prayer. So I'll just ask that the Spirit can, can speak to you specifically this morning, and you can take away the points of application that are for you. So here's the first request. The first part of the prayer is bless me. He says, oh God, would you bless me? That means to have divine favor. Now, if he is born in pain, if he's experiencing long-term consequences, he may very well be praying here, God, I need your touch. I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. I'm, I'm broken. Would you take my brokenness and my pain, which represents this past, and would you flip it and change it into blessing, into divine favor? Since his name means to grieve and it refers to pain, he could be praying, God, let me not suffer the grief and the pain that my name implies or that my sin deserves. But would you take that, would you reverse it, and would you shower me with your divine favor for my future? This has a couple of of spiritual applications for us this morning. One, this could be for some a prayer of salvation. Because all of us are born in pain. All of us are born in the pain and the guilt of, of sin. We all carry with us the weight of sin. But God gives us the ultimate blessing by sending his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. So when he takes our place through his blood, we now can experience the divine divine touch, the divine favor of God as we give our life to Jesus Christ. So for some, maybe some this morning, this represents a prayer of salvation. God, would you take my pain? Would you take my guilt? Would you take my condemnation? Would you take my sin upon yourself And would you replace it with your spirit and your life and your presence inside of me? If that applies to you this morning, later in the service, after the message, we're going to have a time where we'll have prayer partners around the room. We would love to talk to anybody if if God's spirit is speaking to you saying, I need to talk to somebody about what it means to have a relationship with Christ. I'm not sure that I have one. I'm just going to encourage you to take advantage of those prayer partners this morning and let somebody talk to you about that. But for others, this may represent a prayer of release. Because for Jabez, his past was probably full of pain. But he did not let the past of pain dictate or hinder his future. So he asked God to remove this pain and replace it with his blessing. So maybe there's some today, this morning, that you need to pray that prayer of release. You need to pray God, would you remove my past? There may be some that are holding on to your past, maybe past mistakes, maybe past guilt, maybe some condemnation that you feel from the past of things that you've done. Maybe it's bitterness you've held on because there are things in the past that have happened to you that weren't your fault. Somebody mistreated you, somebody abused you, but it created some pain that you're hanging on to that happened in the past. Maybe your prayer needs to be a prayer of release this morning that you say, God, would you take that pain away? And would you replace it with your divine divine favor and blessing? The idea here is don't let your past dictate or hinder your future. And don't let your pain keep you from the Father. But take that pain that you may feel and bring it to the Father and say, God, would you take this pain and replace it with your favor? So that's request one. Here's a second request. He prays, would you enlarge my territory? God, would you enlarge my territory? Now, enlarge here means to make larger, to grow larger, to multiply, to increase in number. It means to thrive. Territory here simply is, is boundaries, and, and, uh, boundaries and borders. So he's praying, and he's probably praying very literally as well as spiritually. God, would you, would you extend my influence and my impact? As we talk about this concept of enlarging our territory, I want you to think in the concept of influence and impact. Driving out the enemy and replacing space occupied by the enemy once, but now will be replaced and be occupied by God's people. Let me, let me illustrate what I'm talking about. And then we'll apply it. Let me set this up, I hope, I hope it works. If I make a mess, we'll just have to do plan B. This is just a big container of beans. (sighs) This is gonna have a literal application with Jabez. As we walk through it, I also want you to think for you and for us as a church spiritually and figuratively. But this represents... Jabez's territory. Remember, he's probably the leading official of the town, Jabez. But in that day also, they were surrounded by enemy, specifically the Canaanites. So it's very possible that Jabez would be in this city. All these beings are all of his little people. They live in this city, and their border, their boundary is contained in this space. And then all around them in the other space are the enemies, the Canaanites. And so his prayer very literally could be, God, would you extend our borders? Would you extend our boundary so that space that is being occupied by the enemy, we would push them out and God's people would occupy the space once held by the enemy. In other words, would you lift up your grace and power and let us spread out? And occupy that space. Now, as you see this, I want this to be implanted in your mind because this has great spiritual application for us. One application is what I'm going to call an internal application. In other words, space in my heart and in my life and in my spirit that is presently being occupied by the enemy would you push the enemy out and replace it with your spirit inside of me? See, for some, we may have allowed Satan to get a little foothold in us. We may have allowed Satan to develop a stronghold in our life. For some, there may be that sin that we crave and that we long. It has become a part of us that we love and it's occupying space in our heart and in our life. And so part of this application is, God, would you take that and would you push that out? I, I want to give you more and more space. May your spirit truly fill me and occupy more space. And as your spirit fills me, it pushes out the enemy and the longing that I have for sin. Would you enlarge your space in me? There's also an external application, which is for each of us, would you use me and would you grant me greater influence and greater impact for your kingdom. You have, all of us have, a sphere of influence. There are people that are watching you. There are people that you can influence. There are people that you can impact. There are people that are responding to your life. And so part of this prayer may be, God, through my words, through my life, through my action, through the way I treat people, my spirit, when I go into my spheres of influence, my workplace, my home, wherever wherever I'm going, when I go into my spheres of influence, I pray that you would enlarge that territory, that you would create more influence, more impact, and space in this sphere that's occupied by the enemy, that you would push out that spirit of darkness and you would rush in the kingdom of God so that you will use me to have greater impact in the people that I come in contact with. It also has what I'll call a corporate application for us as River Fellowship. I think a great prayer for us will be, Father, would you increase our influence in this city and in this world? Would you increase our impact in this city and in this world? The areas that are occupied by the enemy, would you use us to push them out? We're ministering to Avondale Elementary. That's one place we're located in. Very specifically, Father, where the spirit of darkness encounters and encompasses those families, would you use us to push the enemy away and invite the spirit of God to invade that place and occupy that space? Would you use us and increase our influence and our impact for your glory so that we can draw people into your kingdom. It's this visual that would you allow us just to fan out. There's a third request. And thirdly, he prays, let your hand be with me. Oh God, let your hand be with me. Now this word hand has four very distinct meanings. And I think Jabez could have intended one or all of these meanings. So I'm just going to assume this morning that all four of these meanings apply because I think they will all apply to us. Maybe one applies even more to you. So one meaning, when he says, let your hand be with me, one meaning is control. So he could be saying, God, let your control be with me. It would be like if I have several grandchildren, be like I'm grabbing the hand of one of my grandchildren and we're gonna go across a parking lot or a busy street and before we cross, I'm gonna say, take my hand. And so I grab their hand and we go across together. What has happened is that grandchild has yielded control of their life to me. And now because they're holding my hand, I'm now in control. And that's what this first prayer is about. Let your control Be with me. In other words, I yield to you. I'm gonna get out of the driver's seat and I'm not gonna tell you how to drive. Have you ever ridden with somebody who didn't wanna drive but they wanted to tell you how to drive? Slow down, you're going too fast or speed up, you're going too slow. Turn here, stop. And they continue to tell you. Sometimes spiritually, we can do the same thing. We may put God in the driver's seat But then we wanna tell him what to do and how to drive and where to go. Let your control be with me means, God, I'm yielding control of my life to you. The second meaning of the word hand is strength. Let your strength be with me. Again, if I'm holding my grandchild's hand and I've done this some, say they're up high on a ledge or whatever and they wanna jump down, They're not going to jump down by themselves because they're not able. So I can hold their hand. They can jump, and I can kind of hold them and be sure they come down safely. Sometimes they've wanted to walk on a real slender beam. They can't do it because they don't have the balance yet. So I would hold their hand, and so now they're able to walk on the beam because I'm giving them that stability. In other words, they're able to do something that they couldn't do otherwise, They didn't have the strength to do it in themselves, but because they have someone stronger, now they're able to do something that they weren't able to do. And this is the prayer here. God, let your strength be with me. Specifically for Jabez, if he is the ruler of this town, and if he is talking about sweeping the Canaanite army away, he's saying, God, I can't do that on my own. I don't have the army. I don't have the citizens to overcome the power of the Canaanites. So would your strength be with me, and would your power enable me to enlarge the territory? The same thing applies to us spiritually. When we pray, God, let your strength be with me, what we're saying is, God, would you do things in me that I can't do on my own? And the truth is, there are certain things we cannot do. The only way they happen is through the power of God. There are certain things that only God can do. Only the power of God can free you from the sin that condemns you. Only the power of God can break you free from the stronghold that grips you. Only the power of God can release you from the chains of bondage that hold you. Only the power of God can uphold you under the weight of what burdens you. So that prayer says, God, let your strength be with me. The third meaning of hand is direction. Let your direction be with me. Again, if I'm holding my grandchild's hand, now because they've given control, they've yielded control, and because I'm stronger than them and I'm holding their hand, now I can direct them and I take them wherever I wanna go. If they wanna say, oh, let's go this way. Nope, let's go this way. I'm in control. And that's this prayer. I'm gonna give direction. So part of this prayer is, God, would you direct me along your path? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. He will direct you in the path that you need to go toward the goal and his plan and his purpose. Denise and I, when we go shopping, we shop very differently. Maybe some of you other couples can relate to this. I don't know. To preface, I don't really like to shop. But when I do shop, I don't wanna just go shop. If I shop, it's because I've got something very specific I wanna go get, and that's the way I shop. So when I go shopping, I know exactly what I wanna get, so when I go into the store, I go directly to that thing that I'm looking for. When I purchase it, I check it out, and I walk right out. Denise doesn't shop like that. When Denise comes in, she has to meander all through the store. Sometimes she just shops because she likes to shop. Sometimes she has something very specific in mind that she wants to buy. But even when she does, when she enters, oh, that looks good. So she has to stop and look this, and then we start back, oh, that looks... So we make five or six different stops before we ever get to where we're going. But then once she purchases it, as we're leaving, oh, that looks good. So she she just kind of meanders through the store. Shopping, that's fine, that's great. But spiritually... That can be dangerous. What happens a lot of times for us is God's got this path, He has this lane, He has this goal and this plan for us, and we set out on it, but we get sidetracked. Oh, that looks nice. Or listen, no, let's go here. And there are things that become attractive to us and it gets us off task, it gets us offline, it gets us off of the path that He has for us. So this prayer, God, give me direction. Is really about our heart. Psalm one, nineteen, thirty-five, 35 and 36 says, direct me in the path of your commands for there I find delight. Turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Really what this prayer of direction really is, it's a prayer that says, God, turn my heart toward you. Would you turn my heart Toward you because here's here's a system. When you have God's path, God's direction, it's all about heart, that, that I find delight in that thing that God has for me and the path that God has for me. So once I turn my heart toward that, now my eyes are turned toward that. And once I turn my heart and my eyes toward that, now that's where my feet are gonna go and I'm gonna follow that path. So when we pray, God, would you direct me, really what we're praying is God, Turn my heart toward you so I long for your path and your plan and your purpose. The fourth meaning of hand is the word care. Let your care be with me. And again, if Jabez is born in pain, there's a lot of ministry and help that he needs from God. And for all of us, we want his care. It's really a prayer that says, God, would you be my shepherd? Would you be my refuge? Would you be my healer? Part of what I do with my grandchildren is not just control them or walk with them, but it's to hold them and it's to love on them and it's to nurture them. And that's what this prayer is. That leads us to the fourth request. Finally, he says, keep me from harm. God, would you keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain? That word harm, it, it, it has really a an internal and an external meaning it means evil. So would you keep me from evil? Don't let the the evil that's out here impact me and affect me. But it has an internal dynamic. The word means to depress. It can, can, can deal with depression, anxiety. It deals with what's going on on the inside. So God, would you keep me from harm, that stuff that's on the inside of me? Would you keep that from destroying me and overtaking me? So, I would not suffer. So, Jabez could be praying, God, free me from the pain of my past. Let me not experience the grief that my name has defined me as. He could be praying, God, free me from the pressure of my present. See, if he is the ruler of this nation or this city, he's trying to to lead a city, he's trying to. To rule, he's trying to ex- extend his territory, he's trying to defeat the Canaanites, you can imagine the stress and the anxiety and, and all that's in play in that dynamic. So he could be saying, God, free me from the pressure of my present. He may be praying, God, free me from the power of my pursuer. Because if he's going to try to push out the enemy, you can rest assured the enemy's going to push back. And maybe for us this morning, that's a prayer some of us need to pray. When we say, God, keep me from harm, maybe for some that means, God, free me from the pain of my past. For some, maybe we need to pray, God, free me from the pressure of my present. Life is weighing me down right now. And would you release me and give me strength? Maybe for some, we need to pray, God, free me from the power of my pursuer. You're seeking to follow Christ. You're seeking to to overcome some some sin areas and some things that are going on that you've allowed in your life and the enemy's pushing back. (laughs) He's tempting you even harder and more often and you need power to resist that pursuit. This is a tremendous prayer. This is a prayer that I want to encourage us as individuals and as a church to pray all year long that this would be a prayer that God would extend our influence and our impact, and this could be a prayer that could radically change what we do in the future. As most of you know, as I try to keep before you as often as possible, that at River Fellowship, we have a four-part mission statement, vision statement. We desire for everybody to experience God, exalt Christ, embrace community, and engage the world. This year, I want you to know I'm going to be praying this prayer of Jabez also in the context of our mission statement. I'm gonna invite you to join with me. Part of my praying this year is going to be, God, I pray that more people more often will experience God. I pray more people more often would experience God's love, His grace, His mercy, His power, That there would be a freshness and a newness and a dynamic in their life like never before. That more people more often would experience the goodness of God. I'm gonna be praying that more people more often would exalt Christ. That more of us, as we go into our spheres of influence, that we are more intentional than we've ever been. That as we go into our workplace and our neighborhoods and things our kids are involved in, et cetera, that Because of our words, because of our life, because of our intent, we are pushing out the kingdom of darkness, and we are replacing that by exalting Christ where we go. I'm going to be praying that more people more often embrace community, that we would experience the love of one another, and our church loves well. I'm praying that more people would be involved in life groups because that's one of the greatest ways to experience this type of community. I'm praying very specifically this year that we'll have more life group leaders step up because if we want more people in life groups, we'd have to have more leaders to lead those life groups. Maybe God in the next few weeks or months may press upon your heart to lead a life group. If so, man, come talk to me because I'm praying that we would have more leaders so that we can embrace community better. I'm praying that more people more often will engage the world. I'm praying that our impact locally and globally would increase, that God would open more doors for us to go in and impact communities. So really, I'm praying that God would enlarge our numbers, that God would increase our influence and our impact, and that God would use us to our full potential. Not selfishly not for selfish gain not for our glory but for his because it's not our name that we're proclaiming it's his just like Jabez prayed God it's for your glory to extend not mine so let me leave you with this as we go back to this illustration think of this as you as an individual May your prayer be, God, would you allow me to have greater influence and greater impact? Would you use me? Would you extend the impact of my life for your kingdom? But also use this as River Fellowship. And all these beans are all of us. That we would all go out and we would push away the enemy. And we would replace it with the kingdom of God for his glory. And for the good of everyone. Let's pray together. Thanks for listening. We truly hope that you were blessed and encouraged. If you'd like to learn more about River Fellowship in Amarillo, Texas, go to rfamarillo.org.